This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. For tyre power, enter the Vegas competition. Buy four Toyo Open Country tyres, your trusted tyre experts. Tyre power. How good is it to have tyre power supporting The Rabbit Hole? Welcome, everyone. Great to have you with us. Our 30th episode. You can find us on Twitter at Rabbit Hole SEN, the big footy final sale in the Vegas comp. We should do that. Buy four Toyo Open Country tyres. It's preliminary final weekend. It's a very busy time of the year for all of those that are involved in the game. And uh, that's no exception to my good mate, Whispers Watson, who's a bit tired. You may have to carry me today. I'm a bit flat. A bit? I'm a bit flat today. I'm a bit tired. Oh. I don't want to complain about it because nobody's interested in listening to me, but I am a little bit flat. Today. Why? What's wrong with you? I'm tired. Ex- I've been going. I've been going <laughs> flat out for 24 hours, if you really want to know. What have you been I'm doing? not sleeping. <laughs> I'm overthinking everything. I've got a lot going on in my life, <laughs> on my plate, my personal life. Everything's going off at the moment. Well... Back off some of the cashies. I'm not doing any cashies. Yes, you are. Oh, you no. said you're doing one today. They're not, I'm not they're doing not, They're not cashies either. They're fully, what do you, um, if fully declared. Fully though, declared. Uh, fully declared. I said I might do a spot up there at the uh, Coles in Wood End today, but uh, that would just be in case I feel the need to get down one of the aisles there it's and a, just gather audience around me. It's an exciting time of the is year. Is it? What? It does demand a lot of your time and attention, doesn't it? Well, you've been up in Steak and Kidney in the last 24 hours. You did a spot or two up there. That was for the business. You said it went over well. That wasn't anything for me. That was for the business. you got stories that travel into state. I don't know how far north your stories travel, but apparently it landed okay in Sydney. Can you get to Brisbane with any of your stories or not? I went with me Saddam. <laughs> I, d- I had to try and find one that would tra- would, would travel. That's, well, that's a universal that one. travel interstate. Good choice. So it tended to... What are you looking at, Brooke? <laughs> Brooks, our producer. What are you looking at? Brooks sitting here looking at us like we're stupid. Um, Listen to the show. Give on. us some back. Give us some feedback. Put, put some music on us. Some sound effects. I'll do something. Give us Brooke. a facial expression at some stage to know whether or not we're entertaining you. This is Joel Brooks, our producer, everyone, <laughs> who's well known throughout the, oh, the, um, the state, particularly country Victoria. Seymour superstar. Have you still playing footy with the Seymour reserves? Yep. He is. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yep. He's uh, going well. They're out, of course. The Kyabram. Abram play a chuka in the Goulburn Valley League Grand Final this weekend, and that is um, that's going to be a big game. Now I know you're a nervous flighter, and I know I'm, fly, and I'm I know not a nervous. Flighter. I know you feel more relaxed when you're sitting alongside yeah, a, a squawking and kid. You're a dickhead because you, <laughs> this bloke, I'm in the lounge having a quiet cup of coffee before we take off, and I walk past this bloke goes, "Tim's getting stuck into you, guys." This is about 8 o'clock. And I said, oh, is he? Oh, no, it was earlier than that. And he said, yeah, he reckons you're a nervous flyer and that anyone that sees him at the airport should go up and talk to him and try and put him at, at ease. So all these people coming up going, are you all right? Are you travelling okay? I'm going, yep. Anyway. Uh, did you have enough leg room on the flight? I had a X, uh, it was a Virgin, um, not business class, but whatever's the next, Virgin X. Never heard of it. Um well, Emergency row? No, it must be like premium economy or something, you know. But anyway, what do you get in that? Well, longer legs than we're in business class. You had to strap some longer legs to you. Have longer leg room, right. but there's three seats as opposed to two. 
Uh, but uh, I don't care about that. I just care about the legs. Did you lounge it before you hopped on yeah, the plane? Yeah, went in. And so were you in the chairman's lounge at Qantas, or did you go no, to the Virgin one? No, Virgin. It's a, it's a process. We spoke about this today. The flying, whole flying process. You can understand oh, if, you're a, if you're a mega, mega, mega star, multi-billionaire, why having your own plane. Oh, yeah. Talk, that's, that's the ultimate. You're talking about Tim. Point, that's the ultimate. Point oh one five of the population. We you're used to do about. it. We used to get a plane. Who's to, plane? We used to take a plane to Adelaide to call the footy on a Friday night because Adelaide, the Adelaide airport, airport shut at ten or whatever, and then the game would finish at eleven, and you'd never get out. Mm. So we used to, well, not we, um, the pers- the network that I used to work with would charter a, a small plane and we'd fly over just and the, the greatest thing of all is just drive up on the tarmac and it's exactly mm. like it is in the movies right. get out of the car walk straight on the plane the bloke starts it up and you go you don't have to go through none there's no security or anything nothing oh. nothing 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 so was that an Essendon airport one yep yep Yep, take off from Essendon Airport and uh, land at Adelaide Airport, go to the game, finish, drive back on, get home, uh, fly yeah. straight home. How many seater? Mm, ten. Up the sides? Yeah, with an aisle in the middle. Yeah. And then either side. Right. And away you go. Catering? <laughs> no, um, no catering. No, no catering. <laughs> no flight attendants. No flight attendants. Look after yourself. That was the one I told you where Hutto came in. I told this on air? I did, didn't I? Oh, did I? Oh, he sat the He was working seat. for yeah. another network, and he he came in halfway through the last quarter, and he goes, look, I know you blokes have got a plane. He goes, I couldn't bum a lift home after the game. We thought, that's a bit strange, but we sort of went, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, you know, Eloise, his beautiful part, mm. wife, said she's gone into labour. She's having a baby, <laughs> and he wasn't due to go back until the next day. So we, then we said, oh, yeah, of course you can. So he chucked him in with the luggage <laughs> and flew him back. <laughs> I don't think he made the birth of the baby. Threw him in with the luggage. <laughs> <laughs> in the luggage compartment. <laughs> and back he went. So uh, that was 35 degrees yesterday. Are you worried about this, uh, le, le, what is it, El Nino or La you know Nina? No, I'm not, because I'm going to worry about things when they're here. Okay, I'm not well, gonna, they're here. I saw. I experienced them yesterday. I'm not going to spend <laughs> the next month or two mm-hmm. worrying about a 40-degree day that may happen, which is a normal thing, that may happen in January or February. I'm not going to spend all this time worrying about that. It gets to summer. Let's understand this, everybody. When it gets to summer, it's going to be hotter. It may be a little bit hotter than it's is been. Is this a farming tip? No, not a farming tip. This is just a world. Week into summer, it's going to get hotter. Tip. It's hang on. I've been through. I've been through. I grew up in a Hello. country town. Here we, here I grew up in a country town in Dimbo, which is as hot oh, back in my day. as the farmers used to say. Oh, she'd be about 110 in the water bag today. I said it like that, did I? That's exactly how <laughs> they would say. Ah, oh, she'd be about 110 in the water bag today. Wouldn't it snowy? <laughs> and I was like, yes, it probably would be today. Yeah, you know, it was so hot. We had no air conditioning as kids. We used to sleep on the back lawn on a doona, looking up at the stars, counting the stars. Wake up in the morning, we'd still be in our bathers. We'd look at the clock, we'd have our breakfast, rush down to the swimming pool. That was magnificent, but it was mm. always hot. Hot, mm. hot, hot. So you're not worried, in other words? I'm not one bit worried about Thank it. Thank you. No, not, what about, so you're not going to spend your time worrying about it. I, you're not either. No, I said that and, and got held down by people out there going, that's, She's hot. that's a terrible attitude you know, to have at this time when you know, things are about to get apocalyptic. 
Well, you That's know. That's what they said to me. Who said that? Them. Who's them? Those out there. <laughs> Those you people. know who they are. <laughs> and they know who they yeah. are. It was a mistake of yours to wear your Montclair up there in Sydney no. yesterday. Oh, jeez, it was hot. It wasn't puffer. Oh, it wasn't puffer yeah. weather yesterday. It was stinking, stinking that hot. Is warm. That is warm for this time of the year, though. Like, it has been hotter. Like, I can remember grand finals. Remember that 1989 grand final? I was speaking about this the other day when Michael Tuck, for one of the very few occasions, wore a short-sleeve jumper. I think that... I think that day the mercury hit 32 yeah. or 33 degrees. I played, yeah, we played in those finals. Yeah. It was it was really hot in that late September, uh, early September, late September. So it just so happens that the last few final series have been really cold. Although yeah. last year was good. The yeah. sun was out. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Hey, um, you know Tom Brady, who is yes. a former, well, he's the GOAT. Best ever. Greatest of all time, yep. quarterback, NFL. Okay, I, I wanna, I've been dying to play you this. Because I haven't heard it, and I'm I know, I know, I'm dying to play this because this is from his podcast, and he's talking about. He actually started talking about Deion Sanders' son, who was a former NFL great too. He's a quarterback now, and he's been ringing Tom over the over the Deion journey. Deion Sanders' son's a quarterback. Yeah, he's a quarterback yeah. for Colorado, right? So he, through his dad, obviously knows Tom. Gave him Tom's number. They've been texting. So, and the kid is really, really invested in wanting to be a great quarterback, right? Which Tom loves the fact that he's so interested. Um, he listens to everything he says. But this is Tom talking about having that edge when you play. We were out there for one reason to to win. And I love seeing when people go out there to compete. That's ultimately what the game's all about. In some ways, I think. You know, the competition, I mean, Mike Tyson wasn't trying to make friends. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, they weren't trying to make friends. You're out there to do a job. Tiger Woods wasn't trying to make friends. You know, we weren't trying to make friends. And, you know, I love when I see other people like that, man, I relate to them so much more than the guys hugging on the field and pregame and, man, get that out of here. I was just trying to, uh, that was a bunch of BS for me. I was never trying to love anyone. I was trying to go, oh, I'm going to kill you today is what I'm going to do. He's not out there trying to make friends. He never was. Does that um, does that resonate with you? Makes me emotional. Too. <laughs> <laughs> may, in this day and age, yeah. where everyone's friends with everyone, uh, well, it resonates. It does. That's exactly my well the attitude I had, and um, it's the attitude that I continue to have. Which is not to say that I wasn't. Um, uh, respectful. I was so respectful. Yeah, I. I didn't need to be best mates with who I was playing against. It's not an old-fashioned view to say what Tom Brady just said. Then is it, it is. I think it is. You watch before. You watch every game these days. In well, the game when the, when the players cross paths on the ground, they it, they now think it is compulsory to shake hands with every single person they play. Everyone. <laughs> it, that's that's what they want to do, and. Okay, if that makes you feel better, <laughs> fair enough. Well, I couldn't. I, well, it must have been a worse sport. I was probably a bad sport. And I probably needed help. No, I don't think it's been no, a bad no, sport. No, no, I needed help psychologically for <laughs> separating, <laughs> you know, the wins and the losses, all that sort of stuff. I'm, I know that I got too wound up, but when we got badly beaten, Tim, or we lost a game we should have lost, I, wouldn't ha- I didn't want to hang around and shake everyone's hand on the opposition team. That's the last thing I wanted to do. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I am with you on that. We saw some something last week that I think you want to touch on, well, I hope you want to touch on, and that is when Joel Smith from your team, Melbourne, helped well, Jacob no. Wittering up off the ground at a very critical yeah. stage late <laughs> in the quarter in that game, that important final. Okay. So this is what I – this is 
it's, there's a ruthless element to foot. And to it sport. has to be. Well, it doesn't have to be, but it, for us, it is. Right? No, there so, does. No, sorry, I want to pick you up on that. I think there has to be. No, but it, people will tell you it doesn't have to be. Yes, it does. When you get to the elite end, to the pointy end of sport, you're not. You're not. Playing for fun. Okay. Well, get me. let me paint the you picture. You can have fun playing, but you are not playing for fun. Right. Melbourne lose the game, right? So maybe I've still got the shits, but that's okay. That's I'm, right. I'm, I'm very, very appreciative of what Carlton did, and they deserve the victory, and that's great. But this is my attitude to it as well. Jo- Jacob Wiedering is the most important part of the back line, the defence, an area that Melbourne can't penetrate. Mm-hmm. He gets a knock to the throat, as it turns out. We thought it was the chin or the elbow, whatever. Goes down, lying on his back, and I'm looking at it going, I don't, you know, I'm obviously thinking, I hope Jacob's okay, but I'm thinking, he's in trouble and he's going to have to go off because he looked like he'd been stunned. Joel Smith then puts his hand down, grabs him by the hand, and lifts him up (laughs) off the ground. I saw that. And I'm thinking. What are you doing? <laughs> but that's what I'm going. So Jacob might have jumped up anyway within three minutes, three seconds. I don't know. But it looked to me like he was down, right? Mm. If Joel Smith doesn't do that, Tim, then the eyes of the footy will go on and the environment that we're in, mm. the Carlton doctor's got to come out and do an assessment on Jacob and maybe got to take Jacob off. To me, that's mm. advantage, Melbourne. Yeah. But no, Joel Smith gets him up off the ground. And helps him up, and then Joel, you know, Jacob sort of shakes his head. Hmm. Act of great sportsmanship. Well, some people say, how good of Joel Smith. And right? you say? Leave him there. <laughs> That's what I say. And all the Melbourne fans, I think, I think 99.9% no, no, no. That's of Melbourne true. fans would have agreed with no, it. No, no, I don't think it's true. I think back in the day, back in our day, 99, I think these days, you know, 60, 40, 40% go, oh, good on him. Good on him for helping him up. I think that's where it's changed. And there was another act in that game, which I didn't know about, where, yeah, where Patrick Cripps had got one in the nose off mm. Cosy Pickett, mm. and he kept getting a blood nose. And every, every now and then, they, well, he, get, he got sent off for a blood rule. I think he did. He did initially, yeah. Yeah, and then his nose, late in the game, starts bleeding again, which would have hap- would happen, obviously. Mm. And instead of Clayton Oliver going to the umpire, hey, he's got to go off, Clayton Oliver said that, Patrick here, wipe your nose, mate. You got to, mm. you know. And he and Patty did, and he stayed on and played. I'm not as big on that one, right? But no. th- there are others that are real, <laughs> would have been going. What are you doing, Clayton? I'm prepared to say that uh, in thinking like this, that I may be considered a dinosaur. Are we dinosaurs thinking yep. like this? Because well, I played you, I played you that other thing from Trent Koch and, and the message that, which I thought was extraordinary. What that, he did—that's beautiful. And, and, yeah, I know, but it's like, you know, for those that don't know, Trent Koch in, in the lead up to the twenty twenty grand final, I think I might have done in the lead up to every grand final. He actually did a personalised video message to each of the players and staff members of the club. And really, we played one this morning to Toby Nang. Really nice and heartfelt. Talked about his love for him, all that sort of stuff, um, and. You know, things that you might not normally hear from an AFL player, but it took you right inside sort of the feeling and the sentiment that they conduct with each other, probably on a daily basis. I mean, it's what it's all about, but so foreign to the way that we were actually doing our our footy. I want to get a – let's get Brooke in, right? Our producer who loves footy like no one else we know who plays footy. How old are you, Brooke? 34. So, 34. So you – and footy mad, footy passionate, yep. loves loves the dogs, plays footy for Seymour. What is your attitude to our attitude 
where Joel Smith should have just said, well, bad luck. Not jump on him, but just say, get yourself up. That was heat of the moment. My first thought on that was that he thought perhaps he might have been in trouble if Weedering stayed down. Now, there's another take. That was the other thing that was put to me. So you're thinking that Joel Smith's immediate reaction was, geez, I better get him up because I've hit him with an arm or elbow to and the And I head. want to play in a prelim. And I want right. To, okay. Well, that's the that's okay. That's a different take that on it. a different take. Okay. What do you think about um, post game when they smile? No, and, no, no. Pre game. I'm talking about pre game. I see players go out there on the ground pre game, and they know each other. We know each other. Yeah. We all know they know each other. They cross paths and they have. They might stand there for a while and have a chat and a chin wag and assemble. What time? Of the, hang on. What time of the pre-game? Doesn't, doesn't matter. Is this? Well, this is when they go out and do their pre pre-game warm up, and they're just doing the walk around yeah, yeah. the ground and all that. I haven't type got of. as big a deal with that. Okay, but this, that, that's going to the heart of what Tom Brady is talking about. Yeah. There's no there's no space for that. Like, he he's saying that even under those circumstances, he wouldn't have been all hug hug and happy no, days no, with no, others. Neither either. I, but and you wouldn't have been. I wasn't. We well, didn't do that. No, but is that acceptable in your eyes? Uh, I'm fine with that. One thing I have noticed, especially in the first week of finals. So the first uh, who was the first game? The Thursday night was Melbourne and Carlton. Um, Melbourne Collingwood. Mel- no, sorry. The, the first, first week, week of the finals? Yeah, the first week of the finals was, was Melbourne, Melbourne Collingwood. Collingwood. That's right. And in the midfield, in the centre square, Oliver. Um, Petrarca. Petrarca, Viney, these guys have crashed into Pendlebury and, you know, and, you know, they're bumping and it's on. They're the guys in the middle. On the wing, I'm not sure who it was shake hands and say good day, <laughs> which might sort of speak to the positions they play. <laughs> and, and, that, the and the way that, they and play. It, and it happened the night after as well for the, um, for the Collingwood and uh, okay. the Carlton. So, you, so when you hear us talking about stuff like that, do you think to yourself, I'll oh, listen to these old dinosaurs? Uh, to a degree. Like I don't, I'm, Hang on a minute. Get, get nicked. <laughs> All right, let me throw this one up because I got heavily criticised for my take on this. Eddie Betts kicks a miraculous goal mm. from the boundary playing for... Adelaide. Adelaide, was Yep, he was. Against Richmond. And Sydney Stack then laughs and goes and shakes his hand, gives him one of the, you know, the high-five handshake and hugs him and say, great goal. Mm. I thought you were a dinosaur on that occasion. My eyes rolled back <laughs> in my head. <laughs> you, got, you got heavily criticised for heavily. that. So, okay, so Brooke, ask, rec- ask, ask, uh, ask generation. What are you, generation what? X. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. X. What, am I off what do you the, think off about the that money one? on that? Uh, no, it's okay. So, oh. <laughs> s- split second before that, Sydney Stack was doing his very best to stop Eddie Betts. Yeah. And, and then no, Eddie... no, 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 no. Sydney Stack was doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's mm. right. So, yeah. so him doing his job. Him saying well done to Eddie Betts doesn't impact him trying in the moment. Hey, a jog pass, it'll tap on the backside saying, good goal, I can live with. A high five hug. It did stand out. I'm looking at at it going, what are we doing? Maybe it represented how good the goal was. It wasn't just a standard goal. I don't care if he kicked it on his head. You don't have to go and hug him. Anyway, we are... I just want to ask Brooke one more question. You can dominate. Put an invoice in. The the, the Trent Cotchin stuff that you listened to for the first time when he sent those personalised messages, what did you think about that? I love all that stuff. It's and I, I wish that we found out more of it. I read a lot of the books when they're, when premierships are won and mm. things, and you find out those stories. But um, 
yeah, when you get to find out what they say and, and the but, themes and things like that, I think it's awesome. I think it's a great thing if they expose that sort of stuff, if they're comfortable doing it. Because, you know, like so much of the AFL reporting is around the bad boys and the things that they're doing wrong. And we're often, you know, we're fed the stuff that, oh, yeah, football clubs are misogynist places and, you know, boys club, all that type of thing. And then all of a sudden somebody would be sitting there watching that last night and they'd be thinking, Oh wow! This is a completely this is a completely different environment and a completely different take on what I thought these elite environments were all about. We often hear about it from the premiership sides, but all seventeen sides would have something like that throughout the year of a theme or, or um, you know, a special moment. But we don't really hear hear about them unless it's a premiership side. But footy clubs are built on that, aren't they? Well, they're really they're they're caring environments. That's what they are. Like, yeah, but we didn't always show it. No, no, we didn't. But it, but having said that. They weren't always like that, though, either. No. Like they were far more brutal in in our dinosaur days than what they are today. So the most important, most of, when you were leading as the captain of the club, the most, in the end, the most important um, piece of equipment I had as a captain was a phone, right, when the mobile technology became. Right. Because that, a phone call on the way home from training, which I used to try and do regularly, just to a player, that, that, that was... I guess that was my version of of that what Trent was doing. Yeah, but not necessarily in finals. It might have just been you know pick a number. You know, we knew you were driving home. Ring the number yep. and just say, oh, "I reckon that's great." Or that's at that. And I think when you go out of your way, when you do something that's when you're in the confines of the when you walk through the door, the expectation is you lead. You talk to him. You want. You help him. You do this. If that's yep. what your job as a leader is, the powerful stuff is when you walk outside the door. And it's not part of what happens inside the confines, which is what. Yeah, good point. Yep. So, uh, all right, Brooke, go back to producing if you wouldn't. That's mind. enough. From I you. will say this, and I want to just put this on the record before someone calls me up on it. I was very, very much too far the other way because I, I didn't used to shake hands. Before. <laughs> I, I convinced myself. Would you have shaken hands with me? Did you? you we, I would have got your autograph, but right. I did. Anthony Ingerson, who was a. He played for Adelaide and he came to play for Melbourne and became a good mate. Good player too. Came up when he was very young. Early on in his career was playing on me and just put his hand down to shake hands and I told him to fuck off. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I'm just giving you an insight into I was too way too far the other way. So you don't have to apologise. I might stuff be out like of No, you don't have to apologize. Well, that sounds pretty mean. No, nah, but it's the way that it was and you know, like I agree, I think you agree too that uh, Did you shake hands before a game? Always. Well, you know why though? Because my dad my dad hammered into us that sportsmanship was the yeah, most important thing. My dad thing. did too, but I could then convince- Always look a man in the eye, shake their hands st- strongly and firmly before a game, yeah. and then you can do whatever you like after that, mm. but at the end of the game, even win, lose, or draw, you shake hands again. So I convinced myself that wish- wishing someone all the best was absolutely contrary to what I want. <laughs> I, I, don't, I didn't want all the best for you, so I just stopped doing it. Well, you look too deeply. I just said, I say, f*** off to me after the game. And then I went and shook everyone's hand, because after the game's different. <laughs> then you shake hands and go, doesn't matter what happened. Good on you, mate. Let's have a beer, whatever. I couldn't, in the end, I go, well, well, I'm not wishing him luck. I don't mm. want him to have good luck over me. Yeah. Anyway, I think, I think the game, I think the, no, well, I think the game is better for it, but uh, I, I enjoyed the sentiments from Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, I did too. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. And this, this preliminary final weekend, mm. we're going to see more of that. We're going to see this uber competitiveness because the competitive trait to me 
and you and I talk about this a lot, is the most important thing. You know, when I'm looking at players or if I'm talking to recruiters or whatever, I would say, when in doubt, go for the competitor. Always. Always. And when you look at these blokes who are running around, you know, we're down to four teams this weekend. Most important player for the GWS Giants, Toby Green. What is he? Just just a competitor. Just to the ends of the earth is a competitor. And every I think it runs through every single player that's going to be playing who will have an impact this weekend is you're just a competitor. I I like to refer to this weekend as the STW. Yes. Can you guess that acronym? STW. Um, Shut the – no? No, it's the Schwinkter Tightening Weekend. (laughs) What's That's that what I tell you why around prelim finals there's a t- this is what you are engaged in internally is the battle inside you about you haven't made the grand final yet and even if you finished on top of the ladder you know this time unlike the first time you played in the finals you weren't going to be knocked out mm. but you know that the stakes are much higher this weekend than what they were that time. And the prize at the end of all this is not to win the grand final, but to play off in the grand final, which is the ultimate, which is the ultimate for every competitor that plays AFL football. So there's a tightening up that happens. And you see it in preliminary finals where sides, you know, like better credential teams might start a little bit slow or whatever, but it's just this internal battle that you have going on inside your mind that you've got to be able to deal with. She is. We won, only won one, and that was against Carlton at Waverley in the wet. Greatest underdogs ever. Mm. We were the greatest underdogs ever. People will tell you that we kicked with the wind for three quarters. At the wind, <laughs> we, we kicked with the first quarter. Swung around and with us for the second, swung back. <laughs> Is that Waverley? Waverley Park. Well, thank you for saying that because I did the. It's not about me, I know. I'll let you finish your story. But I used to do the boundary riding for Channel 7, and I said that one day, <laughs> and I got roundly criticised that the wind was blowing both ways. It happened out there, didn't it? Well, did I? You've just confirmed that it, it actually used to happen out there. <clears throat> so, what happened after that? Well, we hung on and won. I always played on David Reese Jones, right? David Reese Jones. Cut me from one end of my chin to my other uh, in round 22, the last game of the year. Right. We had to beat Carlton to get into the finals, and we beat them at the MCG. And I played on David Richards. And anyway, I, we get into the prelim, and I know I'm going to be playing on him again, right? So go to Waverley, go to the grandstand. Before the game, everyone sits in the grandstand and watches the seconds. That's what you used to do. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're in our area. We're all Melbourne and the Carlton are over there. And I'm I'm sitting there and I'm 20. I'm that keyed up and excited. And I look over to the Carlton, you know, I'm just going to see what they're doing. They, and they were, they'd won the flag in 87. Yep. They were big, you know, they were the superstars. Sticks and Brattles and uh, everyone. Anyway, I look over and there's Reese. right? I'm thinking there's my opponent. He's he's having a dart. <laughs> He's having a dart. And I'm going, I'm looking at him going, he's having a cigarette. <laughs> See, in my own mind, I thought, right. Got him. I'm going to run this. Bl- I'm going to run that nicotine and make <laughs> make sure it kicks in. And uh, away we went. So, and we had we had this unbelievable. Was he having a uh, Was he having a sneaky dart? Yeah, was it? Yeah, just up the back, having a little side. <laughs> so did he have a place down, sort yeah, of concealing his, it behind his fingers? Inside his hand. I like that technique. Um, uh, Wayne Johnston, they were all playing that game. That was, that was the one I told you yeah. I watched and it was the most vicious 
vicious thing I've ever seen. Well, you and I sat in there uh, one day. We did watch. We watched. Uh, we, stopped, we stopped doing our radio show. We did because you wanted to watch yourself over and over and over again. You said, Al, I wish. I said, well, watch this. Said, How many times have you watched this? No, I haven't watched it enough. But it did scare me when I watched it. It was that vicious. Blokes were getting knocked out behind play and everything. Yeah. And look, we know, what we do know is that, uh, you know, the stakes are high. And, the stakes are massive. And, um, you know, you get the opportunity to play off in a grand final if you win this weekend, obviously. But, uh, they are, and often it is the often they can be. This can be the best the best weekend of football that you're going to view for the whole year. Well, the other thing is that the coaches in the grand final will all be coaching their team in a grand final for the first time. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, well, they're all relatively new yeah. coaches. Kingsley yeah. White first year, McRae second year, Voss. Well, Vossi's been around the traps for longer. Yeah. And Fags has been around as well, but never got his team into a grand final. So that's going to add a little element to it all. Yeah. And yeah. don't think for one second that, you know, there's not anxiousness and, and nervousness in their performance either and what they've got to be able to deliver. Oh, 100%. And pr- who's most pressure on probably Brisbane, the expectation, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, given they're at home and given that they've been here before mm. and haven't been able to get there. And the expectation on the pies is great, but I'll tell you what, there's no, if the Giants beat Collingwood, there won't be... Yeah, it won't be considered a massive upset by any stretch. Not the way they've gathered themselves. No, but uh, there'll be a lot of grand final tickets up for grabs <laughs> the following week, if that's the case. How many people will go to the grand final if the Giants are playing Brisbane? Oh, no, it'll be full. It'll be full. It'll be a, it, it, it won't be necessarily a packed pack house like it would be, say, Carlton and Collingwood over there, but it will be a full house. But there would be people out there who would have, you know, like just um, not – well, let's say they're not. Let's say they're not scalpers, but they're people who are trying to maybe take advantage, Event organizers, yeah, and take that. advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. And um, it will be uncomfortable for them if Collingwood or Carlton don't make the grand final. So it's been told to me that Collingwood and Carlton. Actually, I spoke to a mate the other day whose mate is in the business of memorabilia, right? And has the rights to do grand final memorabilia, you know, premiership, for, you know, t-shirts, all that sort of stuff. He said, if it's if it's Brisbane and the Giants, he will go broke. His business is over. <laughs> and he says, if it's Carlton and Collingwood, he can retire. He's off to the Bahamas. That's how much, that's how mm. significant it is for him. It's interesting, isn't it? Carlton Collingwood would be the biggest thing we've seen in footy. I don't know for how long. I reckon. Probably um, since Collingwood Essendon back in your that grand final yeah, you played. Yeah, I don't know what the capacity. It might is even anymore. be bigger because the way the games presented these days, it, you know, people get more invested because it's daily, day to day. Yeah, they're more educated on footy. I mean, and then so that would be massive, Carlton Collingwood. If it's Brisbane and Sydney, GWS, Queensland versus New South Wales mm. in an AFL grand final. There's elements of that that the AFL would be excited. No, that's great. That is that 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 is great for the game. But because we're a little bit biased because we live here in Melbourne, like it would be there's only a certain number of people that can go to the game and watch the game. But in terms of the build up next week here in Melbourne and the excitement yeah. that would permeate through this city, it would be like nothing we've ever experienced before if Carlton and Collingwood were in the game. No, car. that that'd be off tap. The last all interstate grand final would have been West Coast and Sydney. Um, am I imagining that or am I getting – I would imagine you, that's the last. And they were two years in a row. Yeah. And they were great grand finals well, too, like intense. Well, West, West Australians have massive sporting um, 
uh, state, and then Sydney had been, you know, South Melbourne support group, and Sydney yeah, there'd been enough Sydney supporters, so that was huge. But anyway, we'll we'll deal with that next week when we come back and have a chat about it. But we just we can't wait. There'll be ninety. The, I think arguably the most one-sided crowd maybe you'll ever see tomorrow night. At, at the MCG. If you reckon Carlton and Melbourne was loud and I was in the mm. middle of it and it was the loudest I've ever heard, mm. I reckon that was a 60-40 split. It was 60,000 yeah. Carlton, 40,000. You could even go 65-35. Mm. This is going to be 90-10. <laughs> well, the, you might have been a bit generous with the 10. Well, they'll get, they'll get good support. They'll, well, yeah, it'll, be 95, it'll be 95-5. And there'll be some who are... Yeah, you know, indifferent or yeah. impartial, I mean. But There'll one a, in terms of a one-sided roar, mm. just stand by for tomorrow night. There'll be a little pocket of orange yeah, there be, somewhere. Be like uh, an away team playing at Geelong. You know where you see the away members there and there's a little yeah. pocket of about 200 But the Geelong fans. supporting group don't really get up and get vocal. They generally sit down and just – this is going to be – I don't want to use the fifth word feral, but it is going to be frenzied. Right. Frenzied on Friday night. So I think we're in for something pretty special. It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, yes, thanks to Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Australia. The nice 54-inch deck uh, zero turn that I'm rolling with at the moment. I might have to go for a bigger deck. The lawns are getting, they're growing that quickly. What is the biggest deck you can get? Mine, I think. Yours, oh, my little yours John, is not. Yours is tiny. No, it's not. It it's, is. No, it's a tiny. It's a tiny mole with a big deck. It's no, a, it's not. It's a fifty-eight incher. It is not, Gary. It's not a Kubota. No, it's not a Kubota. Well, no, not, let's not talk about it. No, let's not talk about it. But it's it's got a fifty-eight <laughs> inch deck. Well, mine is a fifty-four, and I think I'm not. It's a very nimble little uh, yours unit. Yours isn't. No, your. I'm talking about your unit now. Yes. Your unit is a very nimble. Well, that's um, what a zero turn is. I like it. They no, I, I get like around it. the trees, around your go. I've given you a demonstration yes, before. Yes, I know. They, give, they call you the red devil down there. Mainly. <laughs> Orange. Sorry. The- <laughs> Orange. Orange. I didn't have my glasses on that day I was down there. <laughs> the orang- no, the <laughs> orange flash, they call it. <laughs> hey, I want to talk to you about you – know, tr- the- This is our farming tip. Well, the farming tip this weekend is um, – it's about oh, – Hang on, before you go. Yeah. I wanted to do farming – the I wanted because I, I did some serious homework because I promised you last week I was going to get the mid the weekly times. I wanted to do technology in farming and how it's taking oh, it's over exploded. and how the you know the developments in when you, you know, you're, you're harvesting your crops how you mm. can just can do it computer generated and drones yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I haven't got enough information which hasn't stopped us previously. <laughs> But I, I just haven't got enough to make it up at the moment. But it was very interesting. The, the, so, the uh, research that I did was very interesting. Are sheepdogs on their way? This is a question unrelated to what we're about to talk yes. about. But are sheepdogs on their way out? Can you get a drone now no, to do all that? robotic sheepdogs. A robotic one? Yeah. Really? No. <laughs> I'm thinking, though, you can get a drone. You could. Why couldn't you operate a drone? Round that, them up. A, a drone that barks. Yeah, no, that's that's right in the wheelhouse of what we're. That's more like our farming tips. That's a barking a, drone. That's a farming invention. In fact, I know Joshy Wallace, who's almost part of our family because he's mm. engaged to Ruby. Mm. He has gone into the drone business. I told you this. I'm going to might get him on. Maybe I can get him on to chat about. It. They've gone into it in a big, big way. I, I would think there's there are people out there already that have found a way of getting a drone. 
adapted to like a sheepdog across. No, he hasn't. He hasn't done that. I'll promise you that. Could you cross? Could you cross a drone with a, with a kelpie? Mm. Well, I don't reckon kelpie would have a crack at it. Um, his drone flies, you know, over massive big farms and can identify weed. Mm. Zzz, go down, zzz, what? Pst, shoot that weed out, back up. Zzz. Bullshit. Oh, <laughs> That's bullshit. Righto. I'm going to get him Hang on. on. You're saying, hang on, let's, let's clear this up, okay? Let's, you're saying, let's clear it up. Let's, you're saying- I hope Steve it, Wallace and Mitch is, you're and saying, Josh are listening. You're saying that a drone, an operated drone- Big right, drone, bigger as this has, table. Has a sprayer on it. A, a weed killer. A weed killer, right? So it can identify it identifies the weeds itself. Well, you're driving it, flying over your, your crops and your okay. Whatever. So you're so you're now looking at a screen. Yes. While you're, okay. All right. Okay. And, and goes, then you can just zero oh, in on it. Look at that. No pun intended. Well, looks to me like a uh, thistle. <laughs> Down it goes. And then I'm like, something like that. <laughs> I'll get the full. De- we'll get him in next week to describe it. But that's what I mean. Okay. Technology is taking over farming. Mm, it and is. And a lot of farmers out there will be nodding their heads. That's a good tip. That is a very. Well, it's not good a good tip. tip. It's a fact. <laughs> we just, <laughs> we're going to try and put a bit more put, put a bit more meat in a sausage. How many years before Farmer Joe doesn't have to leave his lounge room? He can just sort of put his feet up by the by the fire all day, just with a little computer screen, and operate the whole farm mm. all automated. I think that's where we're getting the wisp. I think yeah, I think a cow will walk into the milking shed, and the uh, and, other, and hook itself up. They'll they'll have like a magnetised udder that just goes. I don't know if that's how does, how does it go again? <laughs> Four foot. I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's a um, in the pipeline. But the technology, the mm. stuff that I looked at very briefly yesterday on the plane was crazy, crazy, crazy. That is crazy. What stuff. was your farming? You wanted to oh, do, you want, do you want this? Yeah, my word. No, this is just an idea for people out there. A creative idea. You got some land. Mm. Maybe you're running a few head of cattle. Maybe you're running some sheep or whatever it might be. This might be if you've got a, if you've got a part of your land there yeah. that's well. I've got tre- some land. Yeah, exactly. Just like your property yeah. that's well treed. I've been reading about this. is called forest. This is a new trend. Like this is just catching. On everywhere in the world. It's called forest bathing, right? Now, it's a practice developed in Japan many years ago called Shinru Yoku, and it's about communing with nature at sacred shrines and special trees, right? But medical research has proven mm. that there's a deep psychological benefit of spending time with nature, right? And well, some I of the, could have told you that. And some of the trees, though, have a listen to this. Some of the trees are loaded with antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, antiseptics, antivirals, and analgesics. And the most beneficial tree that you can find that's loaded with these things is a thing called a white pine tree. Now, I'm thinking you've got almost like a forest-type part no, to your property. Have you been – would you consider growing some white pines? Tell me more. What do you do? How do you get, how do you get the benefit from the white pine? You've got to hug the tree. You've got what? To, you've got to get people down there. What did you call it at the start? Forest bathing? It's called forest bathing. That's uh, the term. Well, you get nude? Well, you can – you can, depending upon Scratchy. how many, well, depending upon the other people Scratchy that you're, you're, you're bathing in the forest. With. It didn't actually specifically say that you had to derive. What, but and then you go and hug a tree? You hug the tree, and that's when you hug the white pine tree for the full benefit. Right. But can you imagine that? Like you no, could, I can't. you, you no. could, you could be selling. To, well, listen. You've got your, you, you've got your Indian tours, right? And just as an added 
on another now you talk another benefit. You say for an would extra you, ten dollars for an extra ten bucks <laughs> each? Head, would you, yeah, per person? Would you like to go through the forest and have a uh-huh. forest bath? This robe here. Yep. Grab yourself a white pine. That's right. Well, you could actually have a bit of a hug and a rub. What's a <laughs> and then out for it's ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> What did you say? What were the healing qualities of it? Everything. What? Antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, antiseptics, antivirals, analgesics, everything. Nice. You'll have people walking into your forest in a wheelchair and they'll be running out of there. Wow. Why? Well, not walking into your forest in a wheelchair. They'll be pushed into your forest in a wheelchair. I don't think they'll be that bad. It's more like your eczema. Sounds to me if you go in with a bit of eczema. Or something. Didn't mention next. Give it a bit of a hug, <laughs> and out you go. Where is this taking place right now? Everywhere. Is it? Everywhere. It's an old Japanese thing, but uh, there are people that are actually growing these forests all over the world now, mm-hmm. and uh, planting the white pine. I don't know what the white pine is. I haven't seen a. There's white one pine. for Hunter Ward up there in Rochi. You could uh, get the white pine um, tree. Bath- What's it called? Tree hug- bathing. Uh, called forest bathing. Forest bathing. Uh, you know who'll be into this? Oh. If you mention this to Nikki, she'll be out there planting <laughs> the white pines this afternoon. Welcome back. Can I tell you what whispers for Cobham Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil grown, harvested and first coal pressed in northern Victoria. I had this the other day. <clears throat> what have you been up to, Chef? You know the, col- you know the I gave the recipe out about the, the uh, lamb shoulder and how I made yep. the... How I made the um, Peter breads with them, and yeah, that? beautiful. Yeah, like you had like a pulled lamb. Yeah, so we did it again, but then had a whole heap of roast veggies around it, right? Like all your carrots and your parsnips yep. and your potatoes and your pumpkins and your sweet potatoes, cauliflower, everything. Then you have your meal, and the leftover goes into a shepherd's pie. Oh, wow! You get the beautiful, you know, meat off the shoulder. In with the veggies, you make a nice gravy mm. around it into your pan. Mm. Cobram Estate olive oil, um, a, a very liberal dose on the bottom. Yep. Then the mashed potato over the top into the oven at 180. Oh, magnificent. How long did you need to cook that for? I didn't, I, I don't know how long. Did you long. get a little bit of crisp well, on the top of your potato? Yes, it gets oh. a nice. Do you put another little bit of drizzle I, oil? I, I, I get the Cobham Estate into a bowl with a little brush and then you brush it across oh. the top and then I rake the fork through it so you get some crusty edges on it. What sort of a brush do you use? Um, a three inch, a nice three incher. Right. Just a nice, and then into the oven, Ooh. it goldens up, the gravy comes through, the beautiful lamb shoulder meat, the the mash, the, the roasted potato caramelised oh. and all sort of breaks down into this oh. beautiful jus. Oh, I love the sound. And then you can put a few peas in it if you want. Nah, keep the (laughs) keep your peas to yourself. So that that's what that's that's uh, the food and the cooking segment for Cobham Estate Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil. The the olive oil over the top is the key whispers. The Extra Mm. Virgin Cobham Estate. Only Cobham Estate though. (laughs) The only one. We're still going up there. Yes. Well, you're driving, and I'm flying. You won't because you won't fly up there. I'm not going to fly in a small plane. Uh, got any um, rapid fire rabbit holes before we say farewell? Because it's been a pretty busy, busy week, and we've still got lots of pressing commitments to get to. No, I don't know that we're I have today. We're not neglecting our audience by any uh, in any way. No, not we? at all, not at all. But uh, I think we're probably just about done, aren't we? Is there something else that we needed to talk about that we haven't spoken about? No, no I don't no. think so. <laughs>
<laughs> I think I'm pretty much done <laughs> as well. So uh, we would say to everyone um, for preliminary final weekend, if you've if still got a team going around in the in the regional or the uh, suburban areas, hope they can get across the line. And Good if luck. your team's involved in the AFL prelims, then it's going to be absolutely massive. And when we join you next week, we'll be talking grand finals. So enjoy yourself. You're off into the day. You've got a big weekend. I know that. You've got something very significant. No, I've got a lot of things going on. Well, uh, I say good luck to you. Yep. That's and all I can say to you. Yep. Good and luck. we promised... Uh, Life-changing for you. <laughs> Thank you. It will be. Thank you. We promised uh, people that we might talk about uh, the overseas trip, which we haven't done about this week. So we might hold on to that next week. Next so week. I've got a lot of things the I itinerary. need to put to you. Yeah. You ready to go? Yeah, I am. Yeah, there's a couple of things that are bothering me about this trip, and I'm sure you're going to be able to put me right. We'll sort them out. Have a great week, everyone. This has been The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tyre Power. Enter the Vegas competition by Four Toyo Open Country Tyres, your trusted tyre experts. Tyre Power. Tune in to 1116 SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 6 till 9am to hear SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim.